1974, the World Holocaust Organization created a commission to develop a vaccine to uh, eliminate fertility in human beings. Now they had, they divided it into two committees, a committee for the creation of a vaccine that would induce male sterility and a committee for the creation of a vaccine that would, incre that would induce female infertility. Okay, so they worked on that. They got real good at that. And indeed the uh, WHO was found guilty of genocide in the Philippines by the high court for the involuntary sterilization of an unknown millions of Filipinas. So With the global economy being in shambles and central bankers moving towards a reset, it's never been a better time to protect your wealth by owning precious metals. Contact Andy at milesfranklin.com. Tell him Sarah sent you. He promised me he will guarantee you the lowest price anywhere in the country. Remember, email Andy at milesfranklin.com and tell him Sarah sent you. It's never been a better time to protect your future than now. Um. And so I was doing a lot of reading and a lot of researching over the next perhaps year. And I discovered that what she had told me was the tip of a very, very dirty iceberg that was well-formed, well-crafted, well-created, and had been in place at least since the days of the Fabian socialists before the turn of the 20th century. These monsters had decided that it was their right, perhaps even their duty, to pull and control and um, confine the remnant of the human race that they chose to allow to survive. We now call them globalists. They're the same people. Uh, and I will remind you that um, Bertrand Russell, Nobel Prize winning mathematician, brilliant man. Bertrand Russell said, the man of the future, no, I'm sorry, he said it the other way. He said through injection, injunction, and indoctrination, injection, injunction, indoctrination, the man of the future will be unable to hold an independent thought. Yeah, they can do that. They're not funning around. Yeah, they, they didn't can. have the science yet. And so they bought the science and they have the science now. Some people think that the people who are controlling stuff are what was defined in the Bible called the Nephilim, Nephil, you know, the Nephilim. They're not, yeah. they're part human, part alien species. Other people, you know, I had Mario Biglino on my show many times. He was a Vatican translator. And so that the Old Testament actually defines this group that came down and we used to live, you know, hundreds of years, a lot longer than we do now. At least that's what it said in that, in his translation. He translated 17 um, volumes for the Vatican said this, this is what these books are actually saying. And that these people are not a hundred percent human. Do you believe that through your studies or do you not know? You know, there are many, many, many um, assertions, theories, uh, uh, 
structures that attempt to explain how and what and why. And each of them is compelling to one degree or another. But there's a huge difference between what we choose to believe and what we can actually factually know. That's right. And I I hear these theories and they are only theories because we don't have documentary uh, verification for any of them. We have supposition. And sometimes the supposition may be right on target, but it may not. And unless all I can say is I know a great deal about these theories and some of them seem highly explicative and some of them seem less accurate, but that doesn't tell us anything useful unless we have documented uh, data to confirm that this is an accurate theory and this is not. So while I say, yeah, there's there's a lot of very interesting stuff, uh, the mark of the beast, you'll need it to buy and sell. We're talking about digital currency, maybe. I have an alternative theory, and this is only a theory, my particular theory. And that is that human beings have the capacity to access not only bifurcations of probability and make choices at every moment in their in their existence, but we also have the capacity to access information outside of our current reality. That's what remote viewing is built on. That's what intuition is. That's what um, psychic knowing is. There are a lot of names for it, but we have the ability to do that. And we have the ability to concept to to understand things before we have the language for them so if we understand something that's out of our technology and language base we're going to create language that metaphorizes some part of it and we're going to say it and it's going to sound like a prophecy and that doesn't mean that it's an accurate representation of the specifics but it may click into the essence of what has been accessed through maybe a remote viewing-like process. I don't know. And you bring it back and you say, listen, I don't have the language to express it, but let me put it into something that I I can metaphorize it with. This is the best I can do. Yeah. No, that's really great. So when your husband was doing his remote viewing, uh, a lot of, I've had remote viewers on my show. Did did he tap into who these people were or what was going to happen? Um. When he was in the military, he was always task focused. And so the remote viewing that they were doing was to try to figure out how to um, understand or uh, interfere with something that the other side was going to do or uh, had already done or whatever. So it was very uh, mission oriented. Now, when he and I were um, together after his military life, and we started to use remote viewing. Um, it was focused on understanding uh, much more about this stuff. But remember, if a single remote viewer, even a very experienced remote viewer, has information, that's interesting. But there's always a process called overlay in which your own yeah, mental, yeah, emotional... Yeah structure changes the data. So if you're going to rely on it, you have to have a number of people whose information is correlated by lying one 
one film, if you will, one, one x-ray over another. And anything that's not in the center of all of them is outlier stuff. You get rid of that and you use what's common to all of them. If you're just doing it by yourself, it's hard to know what to rely on. Well, so he, you didn't just do it by yourself then because you knew that was an obstruction. So did you learn, did you bring in other p remote viewers and did you learn some things about these beings, these humans? Um, sometimes we did. Some, uh, there was one memorable time when um, we were invited to come to Spain or Bert was invited to come to Spain uh, with some remote viewers and find missing children whom the police and the um, investigation agencies and so on could not, Interpol could not find. Well, that was a trap. Uh, we put together a team of viewers and we all went to Spain and I got trained as a remote viewer uh, for that project because I wasn't going to be left behind. <laughs> and um, <laughs> we went and it turned out it was too, a trap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, to prove that remote viewing didn't work and unfortunately mm. it did work uh and that that wound up being very dangerous and it, we, we left the country very quickly in order to leave the country alive that was interesting um but there we were working with a team of uh some of bert's old viewers and bert and myself um but in general no we did not have um a dedicated team to work with bert and i would work together uh, sometimes. Um, but you don't need remote viewing to figure out what's going on because these monsters tell us. They telegraph exactly what they're going to do, sometimes in coded ways like books and movies and decks of cards, and sometimes in documents like Operation Lockstep 2010, uh, the Rockefeller Foundation Presidential Special Report. They say it, Operation Northwoods. Um, they say it. They tell us exactly what is planned. Agenda 21. You don't have to be real smart or real psychic to figure out that they are going to kill most of the human population, take over the genetic structure and neurological structure of the rest, and imprison them in urban concentration camps on 1% of the world's landmass, never to leave that, and use them as disposable slaves a la Brave New World, exactly outlined in 1922 in the first three chapters. That was fiction. This is international approved plan. Same wow. thing. So how do they kill everybody without killing themselves? Well, first of all, um, we eat stuff that they probably don't eat. Uh, second of all, uh, remember Nancy Pelosi was receiving her COVID jab on, and somebody was videoing it and they left the orange safety cap over the tip of the needle. It's real hard to do an injection when you've got a plastic safety cap making the, the tip of the syringe, uh, unavailable, the tip of the needle unavailable. Doesn't work too well. Um, who says they took anything? Thing other than saline if they actually did get something that went I into the skin no of course so, they, they're far too smart okay so who are the 10 percent? who are going to be their slaves are they trying to get rid of um the i mean who are the useless eaters and who are the 10 percent that they want to keep 
I know that's an awful question, but I'm interested in hearing what they have to, what you think. And then it probably doesn't matter. We got to fight them anyways. I'm assuming most of us are in the 90%. You just are. I was just going to say, well, if they're, if they have any brains at all, and they certainly do, because they're really smart and really, really well organized. Um, it won't be you and it won't be I who are part of the uh, the slave class, but what they have in mind. Oh, by the way, you are aware that under U.S. law, um, if your gene structure is altered with a patentable gene sequence or gene, then that's trespass and your genes are now the property of the patent holder. That might be U.S. law. I'm just, it's not, it's not, I know it's, no, 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 I, I, I know, but I'm just saying the law is BS and there's common law that if a law is bullshit, then we can, we can, I'm just saying God's law is that's wrong and it has no place in our world and I won't recognize it, but go ahead. I don't recognize it either, but the fact is if you're looking to own someone, and you've got this pesky little anti-slavery amendment, you know, the 14th Amendment. And you got to get around that somehow because things are done under color of law that are lawless right. and not lawful. Um, I just I think it's useful to point out to people that the gene therapy, which alters the DNA. Yes, indeed, it does. We know that, folks. It does alter the DNA, the gene therapy, the mRNA vaccines. Um Give legal ownership of what's left of your genetic structure to the people who have inserted whatever it is they've inserted and own the patent on. Now, that should scare the, the, the living daylights out of anybody who's thinking about the answer to your question, who are the 10%? Surely only the controlled and only the altered and only the neurologically altered with um, the Neuralink and, and other processes will be useful to them. And these people are psychopaths, whether they're fully human or not, I don't know, but they're certainly they're psychopaths, which they're totally, nuts. well, they're very crazy, but, but as a psychiatrist, I can tell you that there are quite a number of ways to be crazy. And some of them are endearing and charming. This is not endearing and charming because they have no affiliation to anything or anyone other than their own perceived need, not chick, nor child, nor kith, nor kin, nor nation, nor religion, nor anything. So these people are ultimately ruthless monsters who will kill or dispose of anything and anyone. We have to understand that. They're not normal human beings. Oh, well, they wouldn't do that. Sure they would. And they do. So if they're going to create a holodomo situation, a mass starvation as Stalin did in the Ukraine to, to kill 40 million people or as Mao did in the Cultural Revolution or the intentional famines in China to, to subdue the peasant class, yeah. They'll do that absolutely without a shred of compunction. And we have to understand what we are dealing with. Sun Tzu says, in order to defeat the enemy, you must know the enemy better than the enemy knows himself. 
That's right. We have to be smarter. We have to be a heck of a lot smarter than we are now. Let me ask you about Fritz Springmeier. He did a uh, research on these 13 family lines. Are the 13 family lines what you're talking about? Or is there something different? I don't know. I mean, it's tempting to say, yeah, that sounds about right. But whether that's this level and there's another level and another level, I don't know because they don't they don't read us into the program. I think there are certainly family bloodlines, without a doubt. But is that enough to explain everything everything that we're seeing? I don't think so. I I my intuition is that's probably a piece of the puzzle, but it's not the whole puzzle. And I don't know. Let's assume that there is a council of let's say seven. Maybe it's nine or five. I don't know. But let's assume that there's this kind of ultimate high council. I don't know anything about them except that they are fundamentally evil and that we are less than cockroaches to them. That's all I do know for sure. Even if they if they don't exist, okay, the next level down is basically the same. That we can say for sure. Beyond that, I don't know. They figured out how to pretty much do the invasion of the body snatchers, you know, the, the zombification mm -hmm. of people. And these mm -hmm. people are act like zombies and they become their, you know, I'm talking zombie, but we kind of saw it with Corey where they become so brainwashed that they're, they're very useful idiots and they're their soldiers to kill others and themselves. I mean, they'll eventually just kill mm -hmm. themselves. And that's mm -hmm. their plan. They get them all brainwashed. You be our soldier. You kill others. And then eventually we'll just trigger them to kill themselves, which is what they're doing. Or we'll kill them. I think these these people, these useful idiots, the apparatchniks who are in service to the new masters, thinking they're protecting themselves, maybe even their families. Um, I think they don't understand history, Sarah, well enough to know that in every totalitarian takeover, these people, the turncoats, the, those, the quislings who act against their previous uh, owner, they think that they're going to be protected and honored, but the tyrants understand that these people have no loyalty and they act only in self-interest, and therefore they are the very first to be eliminated when the regime has solidified its hold. And they say, but wait, wait, I helped you. And the answer is, yes, indeed. That's why we're killing you. So they respect those that fight them. They respect the people who stand up for themselves and fight, or they fear us. I don't know if they respect anybody. They they fear us. I don't care whether they respect us or not. I'm in, I'm not interested in having that's, their respect because they're true. they're not they're not worthy <laughs> of of being considered in that way. But that's they right. do fear us. That's for damn sure, and that's what I want. I want them to fear us, and I want them to step back when we say my favorite three words: "Don't you dare." And they do respond. And why? Why do they respond? Because they feel they're going to lose their agenda and they just need to back off, wait a little bit and go again? Because they're not powerful enough yet. There are still too many of us. We still have too much autonomy, too much free will for them. They're not yet fully in charge. They would like us to think uh, when they tell us that you will eat the bugs on Tierra Bay, uh, you will have nothing until we're happy and we are the last generation of human beings. When they tell us that, they want us to believe them. 
But the truth of the matter is, if they need to keep telling us that, they don't have their structures in place to implement that yet. They still need our cooperation. And so they fear our lack of cooperation. And he's not, Klaus Schwab must not be a top guy to be so public. But why would he be doing what he's doing? Who the hell knows? And, you know, um, as uh, Rhett Butler said to Scarlett O'Hara in Gone with the Wind, frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn. I mean, it's interesting <laughs> to know what motivates these these uh, low-life turds with legs. And, and we learn a lot about strategies that will be effective by understanding that. But fundamentally, what happened in Klaus Schwab's early childhood to make him believe, behave like that? Eh, okay, it's interesting, but it's not, it's not completely germane. In the Bible, it says, by their fruits shall you know them. That's right. Yeah, I That's would right. say. We know who, who by their, we have to look at that. Like Bill Gates, based on his behavior, we need to understand he's fundamentally a bad guy. I mean, he's a gen, eugenicist. So if there's only as his father was before him, that's right. But he, he had the choice not to be, and he's made the choice to be. Well, and if there's only a handful of these guys, a council, there really isn't that many of them. Why do we fear them at all? I, other than let's get rid of, let's stop this nonsense and figure out who they are and stop it from occurring more. We shouldn't have any uh, real fear to not to to not take them down. There are a couple of steps that must be taken. And they are all predicated on something that I know is very, very dear to your heart, which is free speech an honest debate, open debate. Um, for instance, we've, we've had a number of, of items come up in our conversation today, Sarah, in which you said, well, what about this? And I said, I have a different perspective on that. And we are still engaged in, in productive, forward-moving communication because that's how people who have free minds available to them interchange ideas and move forward and, and create plans and execute them and modify them. And that, that level of dialogue that we've just had absolutely comfortably with no, I mean, at least as I perceive it, with no um, animosity or, or ill ease, that level of open interchange is being extinguished in public discourse and in private discourse. And so that's one of the things that, that we have to remember is that that interchange of ideas and, and germination of, of understanding and cross-pollination and so on is essential to choose tactics that, that fulfill the strategic objective. The strategic objective, from my point of view, the only one that makes any sense at this point is to get as many countries as possible out of the World Health Organization, the international health regulations and the United Nations. Because by remaining in them, we could be well-informed, but we are well-informed subservience to their system because every nation in the world, including Bhutan, whose king is most interested in the happiness of his people, Every single nation in the world has agreed to the subjugation and enslavement 
of the small number of people who are allowed to remain. Every country in the world has signed on to Agenda 21, which has now become Agenda 2030, which is the Death Star coming over the horizon to kill most of us and enslave the rest of us, the ultimate tyranny. And so as long as we allow ourselves to be deflected by anything else, then we will be well informed on the way to the gas chambers. And if we wish to save humanity and to save ourselves, then we have to say the most important thing we can do is to exit the death machine and take away its permission to exterminate us. Because staying in WHO and staying in the United Nations is saying, please kill me and enslave me. And I'll just stand over here and uh, raise issues about it while you do it. We have a website, preventgenocide2030.org, preventgenocide2030.org, which gives a huge amount of information and gives people meaningful actions when they take them by the millions, which means once you take the actions, once you ride your freedom mouse to bombard your gatekeeper representatives and members of parliament and members of Congress to get you out of WHO, then you have to take the links and share them using social media. And if that's too much for you to do, then you're really gonna like dying. Well, and that's why I care so much about freedom of speech is because we need to fight the fight, you know, get out of the who, get out of the United Nations. We need to, um, there's other fights with the CBDCs that are going through. But if you get rid of freedom of speech, it makes it that much harder to fight the other stuff. It makes it very difficult. And so that's well, if you have no freedom of speech, you can't fight the other that's stuff. That's my point. That's why I care about that. This. Is I want to keep your tools to fight open. And that's why I'm focused on freedom of speech, because if we don't have that, we don't have the tool to fight all these battles that we have to fight. You know, if you shackle my hands and my feet and put duct tape over my mouth and put me in the back of the put me in the trunk of a car and drive me away, I'm probably not going to be very effective in defending my children from you. you know? And that's what free speech is. That's what free speech is. It is. And then and then making sure we keep the lights on so that we can have these fights. And then we fight like hell. That's what we need to do. We have to fight like hell now because we still have the lights on. And we have to fight like hell to keep the lights on and the the agendas like you were talking about. I mean, these are the fights we need to have. And I'm a backroom soldier helping you keep your lights on so you can have that fight. You know, it's like having uh, having the ammunitions guy in a war. You know, I'm making sure you guys Absolutely. have Absolutely. That's, yes. The quartermaster brings you the bullets and gives you the food so you can stay alive while you're firing the bullets. That's right. So you don't the, have a quartermaster. You don't have an army. That's right. And that's, we're the quartermaster. That's why I'm focused on it. But it's not the end all be all. It's like, you can't just inform people. We have to use it. I keep saying we have enough information. Information is good, but information, being informed does not change anything. You can be locked into your 10 minute city and be really well informed about how you got there. You're still locked into your 10 minute city. That's right. 
you, what are you going to do with the information you have? You need to do something. So what do people do? Say it again. You already said it. Say it again. And hopefully people will move on it. They can't be afraid either, right? Because people are afraid that they're afraid to get involved in this stuff. But be, having fear is at this point in history is like, uh, is like allowing your own death to happen. You can't have, you need to have the courage right now. Here's the secret, folks. You're already involved. You're already involved. You exist. You have your feet on this planet and you are consuming oxygen. They know you're here. Oh, but I use proton mail. They can't read my mail. Oh, come on. There is no electronic communication that is not penetrated and completely visible to NSA and many other agencies. There is no such thing as electronic security. Grow up. Nobody, you know, well, I've got it hidden in my diary and it's under my mattress. Nobody knows it's there. Yeah, they know. So the point is you are already involved and either you fight for humanity's continued survival fight nonviolently, or you give them permission to exterminate us all. It's that simple. You're afraid to get involved? Listen up. They've already involved you. You think that you're hiding. You're not. People say, well, I've got this piece of land in the mountains of fill in the blank, and they won't, and we're going to be off grid, and they won't know I'm there. You never heard of heat-seeking satellites? They won't know you're there. Are you kidding me? Do you have any idea the kind of technology that these folks have? Of course they know you're there. And what kind of this life is, is that anyways? When... So you're, I, I know some people have done that. I'm like, okay, fine. That's great. But if you're doing that just to save your ass, it's like, really? I mean, come on. Keep going. Yeah, exactly. So they they march. They, they land a helicopter and they take you out and... Uh, there you go. The point is, there's nowhere on this planet right now that is safe from this emerging murderous tyranny unless we make it safe. We, you and I, you're already involved. And if you're afraid to have your name on a list, then you don't realize that it's already on the other list. That's right. You're already on a list. So what do you say to the people that say you're nuts for saying this? Like, this is just crazy. You guys are totally whacked out. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but the craziness is, is in the other guys. It's there is really a conspiracy. Naughty. And they're, they're batshit crazy. These people, as a psychiatrist, allow me to speak professionally, they are batshit crazy. They are nonetheless moving forward with their madness. Have... Have societies ever done things that are mad? Uh-huh, they have. Have they ever done things that are illogical and hurtful to the people that they should be valuing? Uh-huh, they have. They do on a regular basis, often not randomly. So what I say is, listen, I need some new conspiracy theories because all of my old ones have come true. So maybe you could help me out here. Everything I said from 2004 moving forward, which was degraded as insane and labeled me as a nut job, everything has been proven out to be accurate. 
Why? Because everything I said was based on their documentation, not my supposition. That's what people need to understand is everything you're saying is based on what they're saying they're going to do. It's not you just making stuff up. It's what they're, they said they were going to do. But the COVID was just the first wave. They have other waves coming, right? Because they didn't kill 90% of us. So what is this? Nope. What are we going to see next? Or is it just accumulation Actually, of everything that they're was doing? An early, swine flu, uh, the second swine flu in 2009 was an earlier wave. Bird flu was an earlier wave. <clears throat> they're just not real good at it yet. Um, and they didn't have the mRNA jabs, which are a real advance in genocidal technology. I mean, you got to hand it to them. They're pretty good. Uh, and they're getting better. Um, they, it's a matter of what you choose to believe. Are people dying around you? Are we already in the middle of an iatro genocide, a doctor-induced genocide? You know, we there's are. a Mengele in we... every emergency room. Yeah, we are. We, this is and a genocide. Now, We've already seen a massive genocide, but it's not 90%. Not yet. Not yet. But when they take away the food, it'll be a whole mm -hmm. lot more. When they take away the the heat in the winter climates, it'll be a whole lot more. Uh, when they foment wars. Remember, a nuclear war is perfectly acceptable to these people because they're not planning on living where the nuclear bombs fall. They have other places to live. These these folks have no compassion. They have no devotion to our survival. As I said in, in a slide in the, uh, the talk that I just get, gave, we are devoted to our survival. They are devoted to our destruction. There's a difference. And we have to wrap our kind human hearts and minds around that difference. Because if we don't, we will mistake their intentions and excuse their actions while they come to the point where they have killed 90% of us or more. If they destroy the infrastructure of a massive city, how many people are going to die then? Oh yeah, quite a bit. Now, some people think that we've we've already they've already taken on a billion people. Do you buy into that and that they're just lying about how many people are still around? I don't know. I don't know. I've read that information. I've read the uh, the logical exposition of why that's alleged to be true. And it's interesting. It doesn't ring right with me. Um, it doesn't, there's, there are pieces missing. I don't that's right. think that's true. I think that, that if we were lacking a billion people, if we, We'd if we it. had lost a billion people, there would be more holes in the infrastructure, in the communication structure. Uh, there would be more people saying, you know, look whom I've lost. What happened to my village, my neighborhood? Um, we're talking about one person in eight on the planet i don't think so i don't now, think so yet i think that... we're talking maybe um we are talking quite a bit though but not that many i think we could be maybe talking about one out of 30 one out of 25 that we have lost uh we're talking about vast numbers but i don't think it's that vast yet um i think we're getting there 
we're working on it. Uh, people need to know that in the World Health Organization Immunization Implementation Agenda document, which I've made public, um, there is a chart which indicates that by 2030, 500 new vaccines My will God. be injected into every man, woman, and child on the planet, plus all the old ones, all the conventional vaccines, which are currently being reformatted onto the mRNA platform. So we're talking about um, a vast number of vaccines. And when you think about how much damage has been done by just the COVID family of vaccines, the they're not really vaccines, of course, they're gene therapies to change your genes. When you think about the number of, of deaths and diseases and the oncoming deaths that are waiting for us with just one family of vaccines, and you multiply that by that large number, what have you got? And there will be zero exemptions. Zero I don't exemptions. know if they're going to be able to force everybody to do it. There'll be such a backlash that I just don't, especially with the growing awareness of how much this damage this has done. I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it. The useful from your mouth to God's ears. Let's hope let's engender more resistance, Sarah. Let's make sure that people remember that they are free beings and that they refuse and that they say, no, I see what you have done already. And the answer is don't you dare. No Let's way. hope Hell because no. that's the salvation yeah. of humanity. Hell no. That do you know? You guys already killed you genocide, you killed millions. I don't want to partake in this. And that's what we have to do. Well, where can people find your work again? Prevent genocide 2030.org. There's a lot of information there. Uh, there are also two things that I want to talk about briefly, if I may, Sarah, on that page, Prevent Genocide 2030. If you click under more on the menu section, you'll find a page called Levity. There are things there, a lot of memes. Why are they there? Well, first of all, we all need some relief from this, this monstrous reality. And second of all, what humor does is take the unmanageable and reduce it to its real size and to its real significance, which is manageable, small, and frequently utterly ridiculous, utterly stupid. I mean, really, there's a lot of this, which when you pare away all the, the trappings of respectability, is just plain dumb. And it so is. it's yep. really important for people to get, to get a hold of the fact that these things aren't immense and unimaginable and they're stupid in the main or preposterous. And so that's important. There's also a page of music. Um, the only way that people change their behavior is if their emotions are involved and the feeling rises from their hearts to their brains and then their behavior is changed. Facts never changed anybody's behavior. So it's important to remember that things that move us emotionally will cause us to change our behavior. And the other side is utterly brilliant at that. The propaganda is endlessly emotional, endlessly manipulative of our feelings. 
and then the small amount of of pseudo fact is dabbled on top of that and we're supposed to follow along like yeah put poison in my body and here's my kid that's all done emotionally they're masters of this and so we have to we have to remember that we are first and foremost beings of feeling and spirit and secondly beings of of uh fact and we have to communicate the the truth of our passion and our information along with the facts and i think that's very very important i don't believe that any social struggle has ever been won without art without music without visual representation and i think it's important for us to not lose sight of the fact that we're human and to maintain our humanness in this battle very well said thank you so much for joining us today i really appreciate everything you're doing and fighting for humanity and you know this won't happen if we keep fighting and then if we end up looking like nut jobs then so be it <laughs> if it doesn't happen <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. And thank you so much for what you're doing, Sarah, defending free speech and and doing so in a relentless and uh, meaningful way is utterly essential to our survival and to our success. So thank you. <laughs>